Hi, I'm Victor Hall. I'm from North Iowa, McIntyre, which is approximately, I'm about five miles from the Minnesota border, actually. I've been farming on my own for about 22 years now. We live on an old century farm. I've fam- been in my family for almost 150 years now. My wife and I have been farming together since we got married. I used to work full-time at a John Deere dealer, and then I started working on my own as a tree service and repair shop. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We greatly appreciate the time you give us not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. Now today we have invited a client of ours from North Central Iowa to share his story. He farms a few hundred acres of row crop ground, but he also has two very successful tree trimming and ag repair businesses. I'm super excited to get to talk to this individual because I actually get the pleasure of working with him directly. So let's welcome Victor on. Victor, how's everything going in the the bitter cold northern Iowa? It is quite cold this morning. It was about 12 below this morning. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's one of the things that I'm scared of. You know, we went to um, actually, as we're recording this, I'm in South Bend, Indiana. And earlier in the week, I was actually in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, I had my truck parked at a buddy's house, and I think it was about 10 or 12 at that time over the next three days. And we ended up rolling in super late, and I I fired my truck up, and it's a diesel. Uh, I use, obviously, Conklin's diesel treatment in it. So I wasn't worried, but when I first fired it up, it fired right up, uh, and then it died. (laughs) I was sitting there. It was 1.30 in the morning, and I thought... This is not good. I don't want to have to wake up my buddy Mike and knock on his door and say, dude, my truck won't start. So cranked on it a little bit, uh, cycled the key a couple times at the glow plugs and she fired right up. So have you been having any issues? Has everything been firing up for you or or how's yeah, that? I, I've been I haven't run on a diesel in the last few days, so I just run the gasters. I know that has been brought to my attention. It's like, man, you need to get a different truck. I'm not ever going to switch from a diesel truck when you need the power and you need the torque. It's just there. I probably should think smart about it and, and get a gas, but I can't give up that diesel life, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Victor, for those that are listening that don't know you, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of where you're from, the row crop side, who you're farming with, kind of what that looks like, kind of how long you've been doing it. Uh, hi, I'm Victor Hall. I'm from North Iowa, McIntyre, which is approximately, I'm about five miles from the Minnesota border, actually. I've been farming on my own for about 22 years now. We live on an old century farm. I've fam- been in my family for almost 150 years now. My wife and I have been farming together since we got married. I used to work full-time at a John Deere dealer, and then I started working on my own as a tree service and repair shop. A few years, I started using Conklin in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, prior years to that, we'd had a lot of issues with uneven crops, very disgusting colors in my plants. And... Uh, I guess probably getting off subject here. No, absolutely not. I I, I know your story. And like I said, we're going to share that. But I I love even just you kind of paused a little bit and you kind of took that breath because I know that you were kind of going back to, you know, 2019, 2020 and before when you were having those struggles. And I I know what you went through. So I I like that knowing where you're at now. I I like the fact that you sighed a little bit. So, yeah, go ahead and, and keep going into it. What did your farming operation, you know, you've been doing this for 20, 30 years 
what did that, that look like? Where were you getting your recommendations and all that stuff? You know, what kind of products were you using to get you to the point where you were like, yep, the last three years have been disgusting and I hate the color and, and I've got to do something different. Oh yeah. I guess I, I always worked with co-op. I did switch co-ops probably about 10 years ago, but basically all we ever looked at was NP and K NP and K. That's all they ever looked at. Push those products, push the 103040 on me. We were, I was using 10 gallons an acre back then and trying to get nutrients that way. But of course, as I learned doing more damage than good after learning the Conklin products and how everything works. And 2020 was when I first used it. So the three prior years, my corn bushels total never changed much. Mm-hmm. They were within, within a couple hundred bushels of each other, total production. Yep. And every time between June and July, I would get such uneven looking crops. And all the, all the co-op would tell me is put more nitrogen on. That's yeah, that's all you got to do, Victor. Just put more on, man. Just put yeah. more on. <laughs> yeah, which never really seemed to do much good, especially if it was a wetter midsummer. It did not work well. And yep. uh, I just kept having struggles with poor yields. And I first got, I had been following a better way to farm probably for like five yes. years, yep. but I didn't actually pay attention, I guess, as many probably oh, do. We won't tell Rod that. <laughs> <laughs> pay attention to some, but I, I just, yeah, I just didn't listen to everything. Sure. And that summer they were doing a uh, field days in August and they were doing some live podcasts at that time yep. and started catching my attention, showing some bad plants, which looked exactly like mine, talked about the difference in unevenness and explained the what I was probably missing. So then I started listening more, watching more podcasts. And so many of the things they talked about were exactly the struggles I was having. And I guess I was ready for a change. I'd been going backwards for years and years. And when I first started, I could get 195 to 210 bushels without even trying. Yeah. The last years I was between 130 and 160. Yep. And that's how bad. And and that's, you didn't want that then? (laughs) No, I would like to. (laughs) I would like to get better yields and especially with cost of things, I wasn't getting my return investment back out of it. So, Yeah. So just a side note, one thing that I picked up on is that you mentioned that, you know, the last couple of years, you really started paying attention to more of the Facebook page and even some of the podcasts. So I'm just going to throw this out there that, you know, I've been doing some of these interviews and stuff. I really think it was ultimately me. You thought, man, this Tyler guy, he, he knows what he's talking about. I, I need to get in. It wasn't Rod, right? It was me that you thought, geez, that's the, that's the guy. No, it's just joking. Rod does an unbelievable job. I absolutely love what he does. He's actually here yes, he does. today in South Bend with us. And he's going to be doing some of the, the pro ag circuit as well. When you reached out to us, what was kind of that initial thought? What was it that you thought, you know what? I just, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm actually kind of decreasing my yield by putting more on. I'm, I'm not getting that benefit from it. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to click on that box. I'm going to send in my information. Was that an uncomfortable feeling or was that a little bit of relief? Or walk us through that a little bit about that feeling of finally taking that step and trying to commit to reaching out. I was excited with what I heard and I was excited about hearing about how the products were um, talked about being a cleaner product less chemicals in them, less salt, all that. And uh, just anticipating what I could do to get a better yield and just to yep. turn around the way my crops look and what they can do. I was so, very excited. Yeah, which is fantastic. And so obviously we got to talk to each other and you committed to kind of opening up your account. A lot of us you know, know what that is, but some of us that are just hearing this that, that don't have an account opened up, that's kind of where you start. You give us a call and we kind of walk through that process. 
But part of that account setup is a training credit for the two-day fundamentals of agronomy program. Like I said, that's where I'm at today. And so what was it when I, I was like, Victor, you got to go to this meeting. You got to go to this meeting. What was that in initial thought? I mean, you had been listening to the, the some of the lives and stuff for the last few years. Were you comfortable with that? Or was that something you thought, man, this is just another meeting. I don't have the time. I've got two other businesses besides the farm. I can't waste my time to go down to Ankeny. Or, was it Ankeny or is it, it was Burnsville, wasn't it? Burnsville was the first one I yeah. went to. Yeah. 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 So what what was that like when like, man, this is just another two day thing? I was curious. I, I mean, I was kind of excited, but I really wanted to learn. And as you yep. described things to me, it was stuff that I really wanted to learn about. You know, it was way more than what I expected when I got there. But I mean, definitely I was interested in going. I wasn't scared yep. of it or thinking it was just another meeting. You know, yep. I, as I kept learning more about the products. I wanted to learn more and more all the time. Yeah. So what was it when, when you came to that pro ag, when you left after the second day, what was kind of, I'm going to say racing through your mind at that point? Cause, cause again, I, I kind of know your story, but tell everyone that's listening about, you know, some of those thoughts that you had about the way you were farming and that what you needed to do in the future to change things. I definitely needed to get rid of the 1034. that was a big thing. And just changing the types of products I was putting it on and the placement of it. Placement was not getting quite put on the right spot and timing of things needed to change a little. I'd already been somewhat split plying my nitrogen. Yep. Usually, usually I was putting it on with a pre-emerge and then half later with side dress. But yep. some years we were using anhydrous for side dress. Some years we were using 32 for side dress. And <laughs> yep. after, after learning things, I definitely did not want to use anhydrous again. So. I was very excited about trying to get all these changes made to make this possible. Yeah. So what was it when you went home and we kind of created a a game plan for 2020? What was it that that you did to your operation? What was it that, you know, you kind of mentioned that I need to change this. I definitely am going to, you know, side dress when I'm going to pull out anhydrous. I'm going to just make sure I stick with 32. What were some of those things that you did that first year? I had to do a lot of work to my planner. It's an old planner. I only farm. I guess I never mentioned that I only farm about 220 acres, yep. so I don't have a lot to work with. And with years of not having a good crop, I didn't have a lot of revenue to work with. But I ended up um, putting on two systems on my planter. I put a system, uh, electric pump with red balls, and I uh, put starter in for row with a Keaton seed firmer. Yep. And then I put a second system on with electric pump to put my 32 out the backside of the planter. And I mean, that was, it took some time and it took some revenue to pay for that too, but definitely made up for it in one less than a year. So, <laughs> yeah. So what, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. So what was the results from kind of changing some things and, and putting a little trust and some faith in what we said at our agronomy meetings and stuff? What were some of those results that you were having the first year? Well, the first year, I mean, I went off the soil sample and put on the exact micronutrients that it called for in furrow. I did do, add some stuff to the side dress when I did it. Yep. First year across the board, I had a 22 bushel increase in my corn yield and a 10 bushel increase in my soybean yield. How'd that make you feel knowing that the last three years you were doing stuff and everyone kept saying, ah, just put some more on, just put some more on. And it was actually detrimental to your yield. How'd that make you feel to get an extra 22 bushel corn and 10 bushel beans? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> they were always telling the uh, co-op was always telling me to put it between 160 and 180 pounds of nitrogen on. I think that year we put about 145, I think that year. Yeah. And uh, still did, still did good, good increase. Yeah. So wait a minute. Are you, are you saying that 
nitrogen may not have been your limiting factor. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. What what a crazy concept. I know that in 2020, that's a huge discussion. And I know that, you know, you've had some success. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I mean, you're sharing that story as well, that the guys that that are over applying nitrogen, it just astonishes me that people are saying, well, I'm going to cut back on the P and K because the fertilizer prices are out of control right now, but I know that I need to continue to pay the 80 cents a, a unit for nitrogen or it, right now it's like a buck a unit for nitrogen and you just pulled back your nitrogen what well, about 40 pounds or so right 40 to 60 right. pounds right yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so i mean this year you keep doing what you were doing that's another 40 to 60 bucks an acre that you're yeah. applying and, and we're pulling that straight off the top that has nothing to do with the conklin company or whatever that just has to come with what we do at a better way to farm the knowledge that we have about raising that crop because nitrogen that we have a nitrogen stabilizer and we'll talk about why we use that, but we don't sell, you know, nitrogen that's 32% that you are buying from the co-op that gave you those recommendations. So obviously been super successful that first year going into the following growing season. What did that kind of look like? I did the same with uh, putting on the micronutrients that were called for in the free and furrow and uh, more on out the back with nitrogen. The one thing I did extra this year was I put on a sidekick, which was an extra potassium and some sulfur in that. Yep. I did some of that in furrow, and then I did that with side dress, finished out the balance of what the soil sample called for. Yep. Started out this year, we were bone dry. It was very dry planting time. We had usually a tenth to two-tenth of rain from then till the end of June. And so I did not side dress at V4, V6 stage because it was just too dry. And if we weren't going to get rain, I wasn't even going to stick my money out there for more nitrogen. But then at the end of June, at my particular farm, we had two and a quarter inches. Some guys east of me got six inches. Some (laughs) guys west of me got a tenth. So, I mean, it was very spotty. Mm -hmm. But since we got that rain, the next week I did have a guy come out and side dress for me. But our nitrogen that was put on that year was only 130 pounds. And the end of the year my bushels across the board went up another 21 bushels. So that was a 43 bushel increase in two years. And you used less nitrogen. And I used even less. Yes. <laughs> Which I absolutely love. And so I, I got to hit on that a little bit. That's 43, four, three bushel increase in two years, right? Correct. 43. Yep. That's fantastic. But the other side of this is that you talked about And I love how nonchalant everybody always is when they're like, yeah, I got a 22 bushel and then a 21 bushel and it's total of 43 bushel. And that's cool because I absolutely love it. But But you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. The other side that you said was that you put down a little bit and then it's like, man, this is we're drying up. This is not good. So even though you already had the fertility bought, but you didn't have to apply it. Go back to 2020 and before you had already had that out on the field already at that point, there was no slowing down or, or saving any of that stuff. It was already hundred percent applied. Correct. Well, and sometimes some of them years when it was wet in the middle of summer, they would even apply it, put the second rate on it at the end of July, which by that point, I mean, they were just trying to get rid of product. It seemed like. Oh, absolutely. It didn't do me much good by that point. So. Well, well, yeah, you, you've already bought it. So, you know, why carry it over when you could just get it applied? <laughs> right. right. And, and just like that this year, I had enough to put 180 pounds on if the, cause we had the heat units coming, but if we had the moisture, I would have put more on, but I'm still sitting on 2000 gallons that I didn't use. So. Yeah. Is that a big deal in 2022? When we look at 
the way nitrogen prices are, I bet you didn't pay $700 a ton for it. No, I, I paid, <laughs> I didn't pay anywhere near that, but it, yeah, just buying the balance of what I need for this year is still three times what I paid for everything last year. Yeah. So, so but, but it helps having that much, much on hand. So yeah, let's run through this. You've been using the system and the cool part about what you did was again, it's, you know, a couple hundred acres, but you did kind of jump in. You said, look, I've got to change something. I can't afford to try this farming 200 acres. I can't afford to try this on just a couple pieces. I've got to try this on the whole farm and put my faith and trust in a better way to farm and the Conklin company that this is what I need. So you did jump in whole hog. And so now what you kind of mentioned corn was 40, uh, 43 bushels. Uh, what about soybeans? I went up another 11 this last year. So that's 21 <laughs> bushels I've gone up in two years. Yeah. 43 on corn and 21 on beans. Absolutely yes. insane. Right. And I, and I get, and you're just like, yeah, and I picked up another worst drought in the last several years. And I picked up another 11 bushel. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and if, cool, if we would have, if we would have had rain, I would have been talking about a lot more bushels <laughs> increased. So I know, which is always fun. Cause then you get to call me up and you're saying, Hey man, things are rocking and rolling. We got to figure out how to put on another foliar pass or another program. So we got to get some more product coming. And, and those are the conversations I always love, but this is what's exciting. So and we don't have to get too in depth, but you have alluded to it a little bit before you went through this and even 2020 you're sitting there and, and your banker. Cause I remember the conversations as well. The situation at the bank was tough. They were sitting there and they're like, wait a minute, you're telling me in this program, you did end up up front. The initial investment was larger than previous years. Correct. Correct. When I looked at my cost of dry spread and 1034.0 prior two years, my cost was another 22 bushels an acre to put the Conklin on. But I definitely knew I was more likely chance of getting a better result out of it than what we'd been doing. Because obviously what we've been doing hasn't been doing any good. (laughs) I I was was all whole hog ready to go with it. But um, since we'd been having some short years there for a couple of years, the bank wasn't really that willing to work with me. They yes. did not want me to even try this. Yep. They wanted me to just go straight back to a co-op and get a set cost. And that was all they were concerned about. Yeah. It sounds scary. Holy smokes. I'm struggling. The bank doesn't want me to increase my input dollar. They want me to decrease it, but I already know that if I decrease it, I'm probably not going to do any better. And so these guys want me to apply another 20 some dollars an acre, but you wound up getting 22 bushel of corn and 10 bushel beans that more than paid for that 20, $20 input, didn't it? Correct. Yes. Just this last fall, all of a sudden the banker's more excited about talking about these increases that I've had (laughs) and how this is working for me. So has he had any problem at all? No, he was more than happy to see these results. So (laughs) yeah, that's the best part. You kind of mentioned that when we were talking about the yields that you had, especially this year, as dry as it was, and uh, you and the banker just kind of laughing about it. It's like, yeah, don't you know, don't worry about it. We got your back. That's truly what all of these podcasts, all of these stories. That's what this is about. That that's what we do. You know, it's not about trying to fly by night and sell you something that you know nobody has any faith in, and we just move on to the next guy. We really want to build lasting relationships. And my assumption is if I ask you, Victor, are you with us for the long haul? I, I can probably guess what the answer is. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things as you're sharing this story, I've got to ask the people that are listening, they're like, holy smokes, you know, I, 
I'm kind of in that boat. You know, I'm worried about fertility prices. You know, I'm worried about, I really haven't seen an an increase in my yield. And here's Victor. He's got 43 bushel of corn and 22 bushel of beans in the last couple of years. If you were having that conversation with that grower, what would you tell him when, when I would say, I'm hearing this, Victor, but I'm not sure what should I do? First and foremost, yeah, start with a soil test and see what you may be missing. Definitely look at what you what your operation is, what kind of products you are putting on. Definitely the type of product makes a difference that's cleaner and has less chemicals in it. I've definitely seen the results of that. In that first year I did test strips and where I didn't put the product on and I or I just put nitrogen on and not the starter or just the starter, not the nitrogen. Huge difference it makes. I mean, just putting the right kind of product on has done wonders for me. Uh, last year, we didn't really do test strips, but we did not put the sidekick on this one two-acre piece of beans. Yep. And what a difference with the dryness, what a difference that was. Those beans had so many yellow leaves on them and just struggled, but we didn't put it on that piece because we figured we'd do more damage than good driving across it. But might yeah. have been worth it. Might it, have been worth it. <laughs> it might have been worth it. And I, and I know the answer, but how come you didn't do the test strips this year like you did last year? Just because I like the results. Yes. I, I do like the results. <laughs> and I didn't have as much time this last spring as I wanted to. Right. And you knew you're like, man, I don't really have the time to do this, but you kind of knew like, if I do this test strip, I'm, I know for a fact it's going to be less. So I'm I'm just going to apply it. That's what we're just talking about down before I came up and recorded this with some growers that are down in the room in the meeting room right now. It's tough to get people to test this stuff, especially multiple years. You know, that's what we always want to do is that we want to have three, four, five years worth of with the testing data. But most of the guys, just like yourself, Victor, they have that success. And now, now their cost of production is actually decreased because they've increased the yield so much, their cost of production goes down. And no one's going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, I want to keep running these tests because I want to keep losing out on that. So that's why I brought that up because it's absolutely well, critical. I, I enjoy that. And I think it's- I, I probably I would like to do more test trips at times, but I, I yep. couldn't get a way wagon. I was part of my part of the reason I didn't do it again, too, I yep. guess, is I never got to actually do yield checks on them strips because I couldn't get anybody to come. It wasn't their product. They wouldn't come test it. So, yeah, absolutely. So. You know, again, I'll make you reiterate. So you said start with that soil test and how important is it to, you know, if you get a call from me or even yourself, right? If Victor calls you up and says, man, you got to check out this meeting. How important is it for you to take those two days and go to that fundamentals of agronomy program? If you've got an open mind, look at what you might be missing or what you might want to do to change, to get a better yield or just to make a better, healthier plant definitely go to this class. There's so much to learn. And I've been to them twice. And both times I've learned different things. I mean, learned the different things of what I might change on my operation, different things I might be tackling with my nutrient program. It was a big jump at first, but I still take baby steps to try to change a little at a time just so I don't put too much extra out there at a time. You know, I do talk to some people and they think it's just throwing extra money out there. Well, you know, I try to pinpoint what I'm putting in there to try to make a return on my investment, not just throwing more out there to the wind and hoping for the best. I mean, definitely the soil sample and the results from these different products has definitely proven themselves. Yeah. And maybe increasing the input dollar by 10 or 20 bucks and then getting a 10X, that's about what you're at, about a 10X return. (laughs) 
right, <laughs> on, right. On, on products sold. So it's absolutely critical. And Victor, thank you so much, man, for sharing your story and, and for taking the time out of your day. I know you're, you're super, super busy. So I want you to get back to work. I'm going to get back to work. We greatly appreciate the conversation. We absolutely look forward to seeing you soon, bud. All right. Thanks, Tyler. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And we do ask that you please review our content and drop a comment. We also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with family, friends, or anyone you may know that would find value in what we do. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.